0: If you've got a Bible, uh, if you could open it up or turn it on, and um, go ahead and open to Psalm 136, which is where we're going to be uh, reading this morning. Uh, you know, we talk a lot in Mount Airy about one of the ways to really kind of see what is what God's trying to tell us in a passage of Scripture is look for words that are repeated or themes, ideas that are repeated in that passage of Scripture. So sometimes it's real subtle. Sometimes you got to look for it. you even got to go to the, uh, the Hebrew or, or whatever the original language is and see how it was written. So uh, this morning, I hope I'm able to bring out what is repeated here. So as we read this, I'm going to read through Psalm 136. Just really listen for uh, what's repeated because that's, that's where God's trying to draw us. That's the attention that he wants us to focus on. So if you're there, Psalm 136... I'm going to go ahead and read. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who by understanding made the heavens for his steadfast love endures forever. To Him who spread out the earth above the waters for his steadfast love endures forever. To Him who made the great lights for his steadfast love endures forever. The sun to rule over the day for his steadfast love endures forever. The sun and stars to rule over the night, For his steadfast love endures forever. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, for his steadfast love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them, for his steadfast love endures forever. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his steadfast love endures forever. And made Israel pass through the midst of it, for his steadfast love endures forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, for his steadfast love endures forever. And killed mighty kings for his steadfast love endures forever. Sion king of the Amorites, for his steadfast love endures forever. And Og king of Bashan, for his steadfast love endures forever. And gave their land as a heritage, for his steadfast love endures forever. A heritage to Israel, his servant, for his steadfast love endures forever. It is he who remembered us in our low estate for his steadfast love endures forever and rescued us from our foes for his steadfast love endures forever. He who gives food to all flesh for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven for his steadfast love endures forever. This is the word of the Lord. Will you pray with me? Dear Lord, I pray that you would help us to consider this passage of Scripture, Lord, this word that you have laid down and maintained through time, that we would be able to discuss it here this morning. Lord, I pray that you would help me with my words as I attempt to explain this passage and uh, bring application to our lives here in 2022, Lord, Lord from a Psalm written so long ago, Lord, but yet is still so relevant today, Lord. And Lord, I pray for those here with me, Lord, that their hearts would be open, Lord, that their ears would be eager to hear, Lord, and that they would hear what your word has to say, not anything from my mouth that isn't from your word, Lord. Lord, so we pray these things with expectant hearts, knowing that your spirit is here, living, active, Lord, and that your word, is living and active as well. Lord, we pray that you would be here with us. It's in your son's name we pray, amen. Amen. So did you catch a theme? Anything stand out? Something repeated that we should maybe focus on? Have you ever read a book or or maybe a, a lecture in school uh, a, a worksheet that just seems like it's just repeating over and over again and you get, you're like halfway through and you go, okay, I got it. I got it. I get it. I, uh, I've got a, a bunch of kids and, you know, I end up helping them with homework and it amazes me uh, when they do math facts. I'm, I'm an engineer. I took a lot of math in school and, um, you know, they'll, they'll bring home these math sheets and it'll be like 10 plus zero, 0 plus 10, 1 plus 9, 9 plus 1, 8 plus 2, 2 plus 8. And I'm okay, got it, got it, got it, right? But my kids, they're learning They got to look at it each time and try to understand, right? They haven't quite mastered the communicative property of addition, that 3 plus 7 and 7 plus 3. They got to do it over and over and over again. They do that in school with math to drill in their heads so they can just look at it and go oh, three plus seven, that's 10. 10 plus zero, that's 10. Like they know every time, over and over again. So as soon as we encounter that problem, we know the answer right off the bat. I've done that math a lot of times. I've mastered that. My kids still need that so that they can master it. I think Psalm 136 is here to drill one really important fact into our head. God is good for his steadfast love endures forever. Seems like a simple fact. But that's a fact that is true every moment, throughout every day, throughout all of history. It will never change. It has never changed. And yet, ironically, such a simple fact that is always true is the fact that God knows we will never master this side of heaven. We constantly need to be reminded. Really, the whole Old Testament and the New Testament is the story of God trying to convince us of his goodness and steadfast love. He is constantly telling us in all of these different stories, I'm with you, I'm good, I'm steadfast, my love endures. He's determined to convince us of his love. And he knows us. He made us, he knows us, and he knows we forget. He knows that this is something that we will struggle with. Do you ever struggle to believe that God is good all the time? You ever look at the news and go, how is God good all the time in all of this? you struggle to believe that his love is unchanging from what we read in the Bible and we can see clearly how he's working to today where it's maybe a little harder to see in your life when things go wrong? How is God working here? How is he, his love unchanging? Maybe you've seen God's love work before and then you encounter a situation and you go, I don't see it now. The good news this morning is God is not surprised that we struggle with this. He's not surprised that we have doubts. He knows and he is prepared. He knows we need to be reminded. And so we get Psalm 136, where it's repeated to us 26 times. God wants to tell us that his unchanging, unending love endures forever and that it undergirds everything that he is doing. No matter where you look in the world, his steadfast love endures forever. So in this chapter, I just want to use the idea of the five information-gathering questions to illustrate this to you. So that's the who, what, when, where, and why. The five W's. And the goal is that, so when you, you read this verse, so when you sing it, right, this is a psalm. It's supposed to be a song. It clearly lays out a case that God's steadfast love is the root of all of his actions for all of redemptive history. And for that, we should give thanks. So, Let's take a look here, we'll start with the who. So I want you to notice something. If you've got your Bible, take a look at it. At verse 1, verse 1 ends that refrain, for his steadfast love endures forever, and there's a period after it. Verse 2, for his steadfast love endures forever, and there's a period after it. Verse 3, for his steadfast love endures forever, and there's a semicolon a semicolon, right? And then verse four, his steadfast love endures forever, and there's a semicolon, verse five, verse six. You gotta go all the way to verse 22 before you get a period again. So I really think verse three to 22 is one thought, one complete statement, now punctuation here is uh, a, a, an artifact of the translation, but the translation is attempting to encompass the thoughts as they go. So I think it still stands that the verse one as a complete thought. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. Boom, done. That's a complete thought. Verse two, give thanks to the God of gods for his steadfast love endures forever. Boom, complete thought. Verse three to 22 are all one statement. I think what what the psalmist is trying to do here is make sure that when he says God, you know what God he's talking about. He doesn't want there to be any doubt in your mind so that you would think the steadfast love of someone else endures forever. So what is the God we're talking about? Well, just to make sure that you know the psalmist, uh, he recounts God's greatest hits, right? We got verses four through nine, the creation story. You know, another God that has created the world in this way. He does great wonders. He created, by understanding effortless, effortlessly, created the heavens, spread the earth out above the waters, made the great lights, the sun and the moon. Then he moves on to the, one of the other greatest hits, Rescuing the Israelites, right? Recounts all of the uh, different ways God has acted throughout history to rescue the Israelites, defeated Pharaoh and rescued his people, led them through the wilderness and delivered them into the promised land. So in case you weren't sure which God we're talking about, that's the God we're talking about. The God that created the heavens and the earth. The God that delivered Israel. That's the God we're talking about. So who's the who? Just so we're all on the same page, that's the God. You ever have confusion about what endures? What things remain? What things have eternal value? Where your security Can be found. There's no other God, no other person or thing that lasts or fulfills the description that's found here. Verse 4 to him alone who does great wonders, alone, he's the only one. So, that first question of who should be no confusion here. We're talking about the God of Israel, the God of creation. That's the God we're talking about. He's the one whose steadfast love endures forever. And then we get to what? And it's really in this same description, right? What does God do that shows his steadfast love endures forever? He creates, and then he cares and maintains his creation. That's what he does that shows his steadfast love endures forever. He's active, he's involved. Look, look at what, what we've got here. Verse four, he does great wonders. By understanding, he made heaven in verse five. Verse six, spread out the earth, made the great lights to rule the day, rule the night. In history, in verse 10, he struck down, he brought out verse 12 uh, with a, a strong hand, an outstretched arm, a muscular arm flexing. Verse 13, he divided the Red Sea made Israel pass in 14, 15, overthrew Pharaoh, 16, led his people, 17, 18, 19, struck down the great kings, verse 21 and 22, gave the Israelites their land as a heritage. This is not a God who is removed or passive, aloof, disconnected. He's engaged, he's involved, he's active in creation, but also in history After creation, he loves his creation. And his actions demonstrate his steadfast love. So we've got uh, who, we've got what, when, and where. Well, I I would think when would be pretty obvious since his steadfast love endures forever. Forever. It's a bit obvious, but two, we also see the beginning where he is in creation at the very beginning and then at the uh, up to including the making of heaven. So he's not only forever in the wind, but he's also everywhere, all of creation and all the way up unto heaven. And we have the verses take us through creation all the way into heaven. So it's everywhere and for all time. So we finally get to the, really the most important question, I think that explains this passage, which is the why. Why does God God act everywhere and at all times? Why does God act in creation and history? And the answer is, in that most obvious part of the construction, it's the repetition. And it's really important that we read it every time. You know, like I said at the beginning, in in a lecture, you can kind of go, okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. But here, it's not excessive. And it's not just the rhythm of the song. It's here to teach. It's there. So when we sing this song, when we when we uh, encourage one another with it, we can confidently say it with the details about how God's steadfast love endures forever. That repetition begins with the word "for," for His steadfast love endures forever, meaning that whatever precedes is a result of what follows. So, if you look at verse two, why is the God of God? worthy of thanks, because his steadfast love endures forever. We give thanks that the supreme and most powerful being is, in fact, reliably merciful and loving to us at all times. His status as the one and only capital G God above all others, apart from his dependable love and mercy, is a reason for fear and trembling. We give thanks to the God of gods because His steadfast love endures forever. Without His steadfast love, we should be trembling in fear. You could take the same analysis to every single verse. Verse eight. Why did God? Let me let me read verse eight. The uh, the sun to rule over the day, for His steadfast love endures forever. Why did God set the sun to rule over the day? Because his steadfast love endures forever. In his love and kindness, he provided the sun to give us warmth and light, to power the ecosystem so we could have food, the seasons, life all over the planet. The solar system is arranged in the way that it is because of God's loving kindness towards us. Verse 16 But over, I'm sorry, uh, to him who led his people through the wilderness. Why did God lead his people through the wilderness? Because his steadfast love endures forever. He led his people whom he loved to safety, his people whom he had remembered, whom he had rescued, whom he had delivered to the promised land. He protects and leads them because he loves them. His love hasn't changed because of their disobedience, because of circumstance. Or withered over time, it endures forever. This is meant to be an overwhelming case that God acts always out of His unchanging, dependable, steadfast love. And it's meant to hammer it into our head. Why does God do what He does? For His steadfast love endures forever. Every time it's dependable, you can count on it. It's just like those math worksheets, right? Hammer it in. So when you see 10 plus zero, you know it's 10. Why is God doing this? Why is this happening? His steadfast love endures forever. You have the answer. You know why. But why is, why is the why so important? God's so different than us. We change. Our love changes. We see something new. We forget something old. We don't, know, we don't even know everything that there is to love. God knows all the things that there are to love. And his steadfast love endures forever. It really doesn't make sense to us that a God so big, sovereign, and infinite describes, as, as we see described here, with love, the world that rebels and is disobedient to his commands. But he's different than us, and his steadfast love endures forever. It's also really important to remember that the answer here, his steadfast love endures forever, defines everything about how God relates to his creation, including us. This question, the answer to that question has nothing to do with you, and yet it still has everything to do with you because he loves you. If you don't see that his love is unchanging and enduring in all circumstances, you will, you will relate to him as if your actions define that relationship. His love is steadfast and endures forever forever and that defines how he relates with all of creation in every circumstance throughout all of time including how he relates to you as we said it's also important because we are prone to forget we forget that his steadfast love endures forever and we come up with a new answer remember the israelites who were walking through the wilderness they forgot why doesn't God feed us? Better that we would have died in Egypt. I think you forgot, guys. Why is Moses taking so long? God must have forgotten us. We were, we, we've been working our way through Genesis, and we were talking about Sarai and, and, uh, and uh, Abram and how long they had to wait for a child. It's hard to wait. And when we wait, we're prone to forget. You might think, when you have to wait, has God forgotten about me? Has he forgotten about me in this situation? Does he not know what's going on here? Why is this happening? But his steadfast love endures forever. Or you might forget that your relationship is defined by that fact and not by what you do. Have you ever thought, I I have to get myself cleaned up before I can go to God with this? I've I've got to make things right. It's not what it says. His steadfast love endures forever. He knows that your love does not endure forever. It's his steadfast love that endures forever. Verses 23 through 25 seem to kind of shift to me to a little more of the the current time for the psalmist or maybe the very recent past. It's almost like he's reiterating these things to himself to remind himself that those same promises that he's talked about for the preceding verses apply right then. Verse 23, why are we remembered? Let me me read verse 23. It is he who remembered us in our lowest state for his steadfast love endures forever. So why are we remembered, seen, known when we are in poor circumstances? Because his steadfast love endures forever. Verse 24, why are we rescued from our enemies? His motivation there is not just to conquer or just to defeat, but it's because his steadfast love endures forever. And why does he make provision for all of creation? Why can you count on that promise? Because it's undergirded by the fact that his steadfast love endures forever. We can count on these things because they are unchanging. It's the same today as it was then and always will be. It's unending, it endures the why is true all of the time. God is good, and his steadfast love endures forever. Amen. The psalmist and all the Old Testament, the Exodus story, all point to and really foreshadow the ultimate act of God's steadfast love that endures forever the birth, life, and death of Jesus. And we see this in the New Testament in multiple places, just two for you. John 3:16, for God so loved the world, his reason, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Romans 5, 8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Didn't, Wasn't that we were worthy, that we were ready, that we had somehow done something to impress him, that he sent his son? We were still sinners. And yet Christ died for us. Jesus is the highest embodiment of his love. No greater demonstration throughout all of history of how steadfast his love is, how it would endure every challenge and secure those he loves forever. So no matter what failure or how short we fall, his love continues. When there is no way for us to make a way for ourselves to the holy God, we're lost and without hope. And yet he makes a way through his son because his steadfast love endures forever. No matter how the world created that he created rejects, denies, he continues to love and pursue He's unwavering. No matter the obstacles that were placed in the way and the path for Jesus, temptation by Satan, betrayal by Judas, denial by Peter, the plot of the Pharisees, the authority of the Roman Empire, the strongest government on the earth that had ever been, brutalized and executed. And yet he, Jesus Christ, endured without sin. Death. Separation from his father. His descent into hell. God pouring out wrath. All of the wrath deserved for all sinners throughout all of time. And yet he endured and is triumphant in resurrection. And I think from this, we can clearly see that Jesus didn't just make it. It wasn't like in the movies where it's like the hero, it's all going to turn black. And then finally at the last moment, no, he wasn't weakened. He wasn't just hanging on. He's unchanged. He's unwavering in his love and in his mercy. Jesus has secured your salvation forever. He's washed away your sins and made you righteous. He sent the spirit so that you can endure in this life. And he secured your place in heaven so that you are you can see yourself in verse 26. Give thanks to the God of heaven for his steadfast love endures forever. God sent his son as the ultimate guarantor of this promise that whoever believes in him would endure with him forever in heaven so church what do we do with this verse or this this passage this this chapter in in psalms i think there are two major points of application here one is to give thanks at all times because at all times every moment we can sing the refrain that his steadfast love endures forever. And for that, we should be eternally grateful. That should posture our hearts always towards thankfulness because we can always say that his steadfast love endures forever. Number two, we need to remind and encourage ourselves and one another that no matter what you are going through, that, you're stead- that the Lord's steadfast love endures forever. We need to sing that to ourselves. We need to sing that to one another. And again, I go, I go back to verse 23, 24, and 25. Are you feeling low? Are you in low estate? Are you feeling beat up by the world, by work, by life, by kids? You need to be reminded by yourself, by those around you, that his steadfast love endures forever. Are you under attack? Do you have problems? Do you have concerns? Do you have issues? Do you have foes? Are you in need? Are you in physical need? Are you encountering people in physical need? What they need to hear more than anything is that God's steadfast love endures forever. That could sound trite. That could sound like I'm minimizing real issues, real temptations, but I'm not. This is the truth of God's word that is true forever and is the ultimate promise that we need to hear, that our hearts need to be reminded about, that his steadfast love endures forever. In closing, I just want to point that I think this is a refrain that we're going to end up singing in different ways, but really a refrain we're going to sing forever in heaven. Revelations five thirteen, And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. We give thanks to a God whose steadfast love endures forever and sent the Lamb who was slain to secure that love. That gift of love, the very embodiment of God's steadfast love, is worthy of our thanks, our honor, All glory, blessing forever and ever. Amen. You pray with me. Dear Lord, we are so prone to forget. Lord, when circumstances are hard, Lord, and they get hard, they get truly, truly hard, we are prone to forget that your steadfast love endures forever and that we can count and depend on that. And because of that, the promises of your goodness and your graciousness and your mercy towards us are secure through Jesus Christ. Lord, so I pray for myself and for all those gathered here today that we would just be constantly reminded that your steadfast love endures forever. No matter what the circumstances are, no matter what's going on in our life, no matter how we are challenged, Lord, remind us, help us to really believe that that is true, that our steadfast love endures forever, or your steadfast love endures forever. Lord, we pray all this, knowing that it has been secured by your son, Jesus Christ, on the cross for each and every person who confesses him as Lord. It's in his name we pray. Amen.